Yo, what's good, everyone? Thank you for stepping into the coach's box once again. My name is Coach JP3. I'll be your host for this evening, joined by Coach Pace, Coach Murph, and the real Coach K. So we got football for y'all today. We got basketball for y'all today. It's getting crunch time in the NFL for the playoffs. Uh, and we've seen some pretty dope NBA performances. So we're going to be talking about all of those throughout today's episode. But first, we're going to start um, with DeMar Hamlin. And so I know it's been all over TV. Uh, most people know what's happened by now. Uh, but this is our first episode since everything went down uh, last Monday night. So we thought we'd talk about it for a little bit. Uh, so sharing my own thoughts. Uh, you know, I watched it live and, um, you know, at first I thought dude had a concussion because he like fell and I was like, okay, well he did kind of hit his head on the side of the, of the turf, you know? Um, and then when he was down for so long, I was like, okay, something else is wrong. Um, and coach Pace called it like something, something was going on with his heart. So, um, yeah. Uh, so that was, that was very scary and watching the players, it was, um, emotional uh very emotional thing and immediately started praying for him and everything like that uh but just so happy to see uh that he's doing better he got the two uh the breathing tube out of his mouth he's talking now he's breathing on his own he seems to be all cognitively there he uh jumped in on the uh buffalo bills team meeting today to tell his teammates that he loves them and, and everything like that uh so it's just just to see his progress going from where he was, where he is now. Um, it's just it's just amazing and beautiful to see. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, I really appreciate how kind of like the country just kind of came together and to support and and, um, you know, with, you know, send their prayers and good thoughts to, to um, Damar, his family, his charities raised over $8 million in this time span. I think it's closer to nine now. Uh, so yeah, so I, I think this, um, you know, big ups to the Bills staff who saved his life on the field. Uh, the doctors were saying that if it would have taken any longer on the field that Monday night, um, that the outcome could have been different. Uh, so yeah, so just so excited to see that and praying for his continued progress. Fellas, I don't know if you wanted to jump in with any anything else, uh, your thoughts about the situation. Uh, I feel like you stated it perfectly. I mean, uh, I was watching it live, too, uh, and we were talking about it. Uh, me, you, and Coach Pace were talking about it as it was happening live because it was a, a big game. Um, and as we all know, the game ain't matter at that point. It was just, just its health. And, you know, uh, talking I was talking to uh somebody else that was like worried about like you know talking about how important the, this game was in terms of seating and stuff like that which you know I I simply expressed to him and then because he was also on other kind of like blog and social media sites and people talking about that and it was like you know this isn't any other injury like we're talking about a man fighting for his life. So I was like that, the seating doesn't matter. There, there's multiple ways you can work around that. Uh, but right now, this is the only thing that matters. So I'm glad that they made the call to, to not play. Um, 
because of or not play that night. I didn't particularly care for them to find something. Because um, in the group chat, which I told you all before they released what's actually going to be done, was um, I, I stated that I think they should go ahead and, and waive the game. And if, if I remember correctly, it was um, – so Bills was at two, Bengals was at three. Both of them beat the Chiefs. Um, and I was like, really, nothing matters unless if the Chiefs lose um, in week 18. So I was like, I feel like they should, if anything, if they want to replay this game, play it by ear after week 18. Because if the Chiefs lose, I'm pretty sure the Bengals won't look at that game and be like, well, we were up. So we should get that. I think they will give them that nod and be like, hey, like if all three of them won, just be like, you know, y'all can go ahead and keep number two it is what it is we're not going to pull y'all away from that over some hypothetical win especially in doing that and dragging y'all back to the to the scene of the crime uh, back in cincinnati so that like you know you can go ahead and stay in buffalo uh but they i know depending on week 18 and the wins and losses between those three teams the chiefs bills and bengals um, there's discussion that if the team were to meet against each other, um, either of them, um, in you know a combination of scenarios, they'll look for a neutral site for them to play, uh, which is a, a good compensation. I feel like Adam Schefter um, said it perfectly because of you know going into the playoffs and the magnitude of that game, um, barring the the injury, he was like we never dealt with nothing like this before. So like nothing is going to be fair is just trying to make things work. And I think they prioritize things the right way. Yeah. That's a good call. Yeah. Alex, what, what are your thoughts? I don't really got nothing to add. I mean, um, yeah, I, it'll figure it's, way out in the end. I've just been kind of waiting on the updates, making seeing if he was good and stuff like that. Um, but outside of that, I mean, you guys summed it up pretty good. Um, it was traumatic, like, initially, though, because I was like, bro, no, the way he fell and the way they was calling people out, I was like, no, nah, he's dead. Like, he's actually dead, and yeah. So, but they revived him and everything, so it's all good. Um, it's just good to see everything's working itself out and he's up and moving. So, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways and that is a hell of a, hell of a mysterious way to work. Yeah. My mind automatically went to like Lynn Bias and Hank Gathers, uh, you know, folks who have collapsed on their field of play and have not made it. And I was like, oh Lord, please don't let this be one. Cause I, I was too young to see those live. Uh, and so seeing this, I was like, please don't let this be one of those situations. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah. Coach K, did you have anything to add? Uh, yeah, just, you know, I just kind of, I mean, uh, I'm just glad that the most important thing here was just uh, people were more concerned about, uh, <clears throat> you know, Hamlin's health versus like, oh, man, it's you know, a football game. I mean, that's that's not the most important thing. The, the health and safety of the players is what should be considered first and foremost. And um, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm definitely glad to hear that he's doing better. He opened his eyes. He was able to talk to the team and 
and um, he's just coherent. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm certain, like, we can probably look back at this and, and just, you know, just, just be thankful that, you know, he's still, he's still here because it could have turned out, you know, an entirely different way. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's just, you know, just kind of like a reminder, life is fleeting. And I mean, you just never know what could happen. So, I mean, it's a risk, like every time they step out there on the football field. For sure. For sure. Um, and, you know, there was a big thing leading to our next topic. Uh, well, I'll say this before we transition. I know that every station has like their protocols and this caught everyone off guard. I did think it was a little much for ESPN to put the pressure on the Monday night crew to keep talking about it as things were happening. I didn't think that was really fair to them. I'm like, couldn't they have just played a recording of something? I know they got stuff for emergency situations where you could just put a show on and then keep the updates at the bottom of the screen. So like people know, hey, this is why Monday Night Football is not playing, uh, especially once he had been there, down there for a while and everything like that and um, gameplay had stopped. So I, uh, I think the, not to say it wasn't worth talking about it's not what I'm saying but I think to force people to process that in real time um wasn't the best move because I mean you had people in the sports news that were like trying to hold back tears as they were talking and and stuff like that and had very little to say because they kept repeating themselves because like well what else do you want them to say at, at this point so I don't know I think I think ESPN could have handled that a little bit a little bit better um, but they weren't expecting yeah. that off guard, so. Yeah, I, I feel like it, I, I don't, I'm pretty sure like during like the commercial break, I, I would be shocked if they, they didn't discuss with them, like, you know, that they're kind of scrambling, figuring out what to do. So um, I know it was a lot to do, talk about in real time, but I think they were kind of thinking of it as the magnitude of like, people want to know what's going on as it goes. So, like, if – well, one, because there was a possibility that the game was going to be played because it was about an hour before they solidified, solidified it so you couldn't, like, really cut to something and then just bring them back because then, I mean, that's a loss of viewership. Um, but um, I, they, I mean, kudos to them for, you know, being able to just, you know, stand there and talk about that. Um, you know, a few of them being ex-players uh, um, and talking about the, the matter. Um, yeah, it was just, just a big unfortunate situation. And, you know, nobody really knows what to do in those, those situations until it actually happens. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and so, you know, a lot of people took to social media and put their thoughts out. And one of the people that got a lot of uh, flack for what they put out there was Skip Bayless. And so uh, paraphrasing what he put out there, he was kind of, as all this was happening, he was saying that, uh, thinking about, you know, 
you know, NFL, can they really cancel this game? And he was his focus was more on the game, more so than DeMar Hamlin. And like the last part of his tweet said, well, this all seems insignificant. But all the language before that was focused on the game. Uh, and so a lot of people took the social media and was just like, bro, like, why are you even talking about the complexity and the magnitude of the game right now and the complexity of the scheduling situation when you have a you have somebody fighting for their life and we don't know if he's gonna make it or not. You know, it's kind of so it came off as very insensitive despite that last part of the tweet. Now, going into the following day, Shannon Sharp was not on Undisputed. And a lot of people assumed that that was because of uh, the, the, the tweet that Skip put out. Now, Skip did the show by himself and addressed the tweet, basically saying that was not his intention. And, uh, but he, you know, he didn't apologize for putting it out there. He said, hey, that's not what I was trying to say type thing. He was still taking flack for that. And so Shannon Sharp came back on the show the following day and he did a personal address and, and um, said, hey, you know, um, I as an ex-player, I didn't feel it, it just hit me. So I didn't feel like I could do the show the following day. And even though, you know, it had nothing to do with, with Skip's tweet and even though he put something out there um, that I didn't agree with. And as soon as he said that, Skip immediately jumps in and interrupts him and was like, like, well, no, I'm not, I don't, I don't take that back. I stand by that. He doubled down on his tweet um, and interrupted Shannon Sharp's monologue. And he's like, bro, I can't even get through a monologue without you interrupting me. I'm not saying like, I'm not talking back. I just said I didn't agree with it. And that, that but that's not the reason I wasn't here yesterday. He was just trying to explain himself. And Skip was like, well, you, you, I didn't know that you were going to bring up the tweet and stuff. So it was just that whole thing. Uh, Shannon Sharp was very visibly upset. And the rest of the show was pretty awkward. So um, that leads us to where we are um, now. So I just kind of wanted to get everyone's uh, kind of take on the dynamics between Skip and Shannon. Do we see um, the drama unfolding in a way that one of them leaves or, you know, or, or, um, you know, what do you think about the situation? What do you see the future for the show undisputed? Man. So first of all, I hope somebody catches Skip Bayless out on the street and, and not like hurts him, but like shakes him up a little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, I haven't, I haven't like agreed with anything that Skip said within the past, like probably two to three years of four to five years of television. Uh, I mean, I think he's purely there for entertainment purposes, but uh, I mean, I think over the past couple of years, it's just like, it's just, I think it's time for him to move on to something else. Uh, and, you know, like what he said, you know, with the tweet, like, I don't even know how any regular human person could really think something like that, you know, uh, especially like, uh, you know, somebody's fighting for their life out on the field. Like, and that's the first thing, that's the first thing that you, I mean, you're concerned, like, how can the NFL um, post postpone the game? Like, you know, that's what, that's so crucial. And it's just like, at the end of the day, it's like the game, it's just a game. It's not like, it's, it's not more important than somebody else's life. Um, 
And I don't know, I guess, I guess just for me, it's just, I, and, and the fact that he didn't even apologize for it is, is just preposterous. Uh, and, and, you know, and like, I don't know, I'm, I'm still kind of like at a loss for words. I mean, it's just, it's just kind of, it's just kind of upsetting that, you know, that's the most important thing that to him is just like that whole mentality that the, the show must go on. It's like, actually, no, it doesn't. Um, because it's, you know, and if it, if it did come down to something where, you know, it was like, a we, we could find some way there's, there's a way to work around that. Um, it doesn't, you know, in a situation like this, like the most important thing is just the fact that, well, one, uh, the play, the life of the player, and then two, like everybody else's, you have to consider everybody else's feelings. Like, nobody's going to be in the headspace to keep on playing a game after they just saw, you know, they don't know whether or not like their teammates, you know, alive, I mean, could potentially be dead within a matter of, you know, minutes, seconds or minutes. Um, and as far as like undisputed, like, I feel like the driving force of that show now is, you know, Shannon Sharp. So, and I don't know, I, I, I do hope and granted, like, I don't know. I guess I guess me preferably I could care less whether or not skip skip they get rid of skip or or what because he's I think his time is kind of come and gone to be honest. So fair, it's fair. Others, what y'all think? Um, I mean, so. Skip's tweet, he was pretty much, you know, focusing on the business side of things and, you know, lightly brushed on the injury, which, I mean, there's just a, a time and place for everything. I understood where he was coming from and when he had his his uh, day on Undisputed by itself and explained what he was saying, it was exactly what I felt like he was alluding to. I feel like emotionally people somewhat overreacted because at the end of the day yeah there is there's not everybody was you know you could two things can be true you could still feel some type of way about the injury but also speak on the business side of things just for instance coach jp3 how you mentioned like well, this man was fighting for this life, but ESPN still had these people, you know, discussing it in real time. But it's just one of those things like you're just trying to, you know, fig- figure out every figure out everything um, and just in a split seconds notice. Um, I, I'm just indifferent about the tweet. I more so had an issue of how he had a whole episode for himself. Um, and that um and then how he treated shannon when he tried to you know state his piece um and for for a lot of people i've never really been a fan of people getting um, attacked and then apologizing after the attack um i feel like it's respectable to the point where like i don't want you to say sorry just because it because everybody says that what you did was wrong i want you to say it as if you mean it. and clearly if he did he wouldn't have meant it so it wouldn't mean nothing words are just words um at that point so um 
I, I feel though that I don't know the dynamic of Shannon's contract, but I feel as though that he built up a lot of credibility throughout his, I think they've been doing this for about five, six years, um, that when his contract is up, he can easily walk into something else, which I believe he will do. Skip wouldn't leave because it's his show. They're not going to kick him out. The thing is finding a replacement for him. Um, because, I mean, a pawn thing is just a pawn thing. He covered the game for so long that I feel as though as a mega fan, he feels just as involved into into the game and sports as an actual player when it's still not the same um so I feel like he says things that will probably come across a lot different if it came from a professional player um but it's just like hey at the end of the day you're just a journalist like what you and and you see that throughout the years where um you know skip will be like I'll prefer I'll have you speak on this because you know you actually played the game I felt like their first episode back together was the time for him to just do his monologue because he played the game um and uh let him speak his you so I I'm kind of upset about that part more than anything because now I feel like we're never going to truly know what Shannon felt in that moment because I was really curious of what he was going to say but we only got <laughs> 30 seconds of it so Coach Um, I mean, it's just as simple as there's a time and place for everything, regardless of how you feel about the tweet. Um, I low-key think that was a setup because that's how Skip's personality is. Um, so I just think he, he, he meant what he said, but he meant it in a condescending way that was going to draw attention to him. And what did he do the next day? He fake apologized and had a whole two and a half hours block to itself like at this point i already know what he is call a spade a spade um shannon just need to get up get up out of there and i feel like there's also a power differential skip doesn't want to let his you know audience go but the problem is shannon the only reason people watch is because of shannon so yeah yeah it's kind of it's kind of Skip's run is pretty much up, so he's nobody really wants to deal with dude no more. But yeah. that's really it. I'm I'm kind of over dude. It is what it is. It's just a time and place for everything, and that wasn't it. And he's had, especially here lately, like a few, like disrespectful shots towards Shannon. Like, and I'm like, bro, like, why, why are you doing? There's no need for you to do that. I'd have got Jalen Rose on him and Richard Sherman. I'd have been like, let me bring my two partners up here. Man, and what I thought was interesting, I don't know if y'all saw Matt Barnes' video. Um, Matt Barnes was basically reviewing this situation and said, honestly, um, he's had to restrict, he's had to stop on two occasions. Uh, one was a coach and one was a former player, I believe from actually harming, physically harming Skip. Matt Barnes had to stop it, and him and Shannon Sharp had to intervene in, in the situation. 
yeah, Matt Barnes put that on social media um, and was basically coming at Skip, like, you know, questioning his character and all that kind of stuff and, and stuff. So I, and then on the other side, you got Kevin Durant who commented on one of the posts talking about this situation and said, he said, he said something like, um, uh, good TV guys keep up the good work. So I don't know if he thinks this is all like has been orchestrated and set up or not, but that was his comment on the social media thread. So I, it's just interesting how people are having different takes and how stories are coming out and all that stuff. I mean, it very well could be. I mean, because, and granted, like, I never want, I never want ratings to come at the expense of, like, the the health of a, of a player. But, I mean, the thing is just the way that they pulled it off, like, controversy, you know, produces – ratings and like that's what I mean people love to see controversial you know real life scenarios play out on tv I mean because that's just I feel like that's just kind of like part of the country that we live in is you know people look for that kind of stuff so people like yeah people like chaos I but for them I mean seeing skip for years from you know first take to to here and then also his his stuff before that and watching Shannon Sharp even like clips from back when he played I don't think this could be kind of like something that they orchestrated the for and another thing I I wanted I forgot to mention like when Shannon Sharp said he didn't show up because of the tweet um and it was just that the the incident affected him differently being a player that was a lie. I think the fact that that did happen did kind of like put off him showing up, but I think it was that on top of what tweet uh, where what Skip tweeted because I feel as though that if he never sent that tweet out, um, that he would have showed up that day because I think he mentally knew that since it affected him the way he did that it did. And then also seeing the man across from him, seeing what he said and how Skip is, like, even in his monologue. So now you try to do, you move that to a day earlier with fresh wounds, he probably would have lost his job that day. <laughs> so so I think that that's really, I think it was a mixture of the two. I don't think it was just the injury alone. And then, I mean, um, you know, Coach Pace have been keeping us in the loop with all the, you know, the sub tweets that Shannon been doing, the things he's been liking and stuff, which shows me that he felt some type of way. So it was a smart move for him not to show up, but it wasn't just an injury. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's well said, fellas. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the last couple of days, especially today, their chemistry has been a lot better. So I I I guess they had a conversation. I don't know. They must have had a conversation because it seems to be a little bit back to normal now. Um and and hopefully it stays that way. And I I I do I watch the show mainly because of Shannon Sharp, but I don't mind the two of them together. I think they work pretty well together, you know, when they, you know, when they're doing their thing. Um but yeah. 
we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I don't think yeah, it was fully orchestrated either. I don't. That doesn't seem to be Shannon Sharp's type of vibe anyway. Like he wouldn't do that for this type of situation. I, I Either that or we'll get a new show called The Barbecue. You know, have Shannon Sharp, Stephen A. Smith, and Michael Irvin. <laughs> and I would watch that. I would definitely watch that. Those nah, guys. I can't. I can't deal with Irvin. hey michael urban is hilarious man bro but he's too much like whenever he i just can't hear him talk about he's got too much energy for me (laughs) like he he be like overly hyped for no reason and i'm like i'm i'm cool on him we just can't have him talk about the cowboys he can talk about anything else but not the cowboys not allowed to talk about he, he's just a black version of Skip when it comes to the Cowboys. Because <laughs> yeah. his uh, playmaker segment that he does is absolutely hilarious. Him and Ryan Clark together. Yeah. But the thing, I put that more so on Ryan Clark, though. Like, I like I feel like it's just like, I don't know. I, I'm just a big fan of Ryan Clark. Yes. Yes. Agree. Agree. We'll see what happens because, yeah, how, hopefully – cooler heads prevail and people start talking and thinking with common sense so we'll see i know that's a lot to ask for some people um so the nba switching gears to the nba man have we had a lot of great performances already this season we've seen some like ridiculous numbers uh going on so just to name a few donovan mitchell as of late um with 71 points, eight rebounds, and 11 assists. Then you had Luca with the 60, 21, and 10. Uh, you had Joel Embiid earlier this year, 59, uh, 11, and 8. Uh, you know, Devin Booker, 58, 6, and 5. I, he's on here a couple times. Uh, Luca's on, on here a couple times. Clay the other night had 54, 8, and 3. Uh, Giannis had a double nickel the other night. Like I, there's a lot of that's a lot, a lot of hooping going on. So my question for y'all: Who has the best performance so far this season? Listen, man, it, it's Luca. It's Luca by far. Like I haven't. The fact that he done something that we haven't seen is. I just think that just solidifies within that spot, especially the way he got it. It wasn't like some type of blowout game. Um, the fact that it was him that sent it into overtime, missing the free throw and getting his own rebound and put it back in before the buzzer, like, and then to finish it, cap it all off in, in OT. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that was just <laughs> – it had everything that you wanted. It had, you know, the well-played-out game by him, but it also had drama. It wasn't just like, oh, we're just watching him put up. Like, for instance, like Devin Booker, when he dropped at 70, it's like, yeah, but y'all get him beat. Or even, um, you know, Donovan Mitchell, 71, um, and them going to overtime. The writing was on the wall <laughs> for, for a long time. It just looked like the Bulls gave up. And I mean, what they blew like a twenty-four point lead <laughs> for for him to do that. So it's just kind of like once it got to like late third, um, early fourth, it was kind of like okay, well, I mean, of course, I didn't expect him to drop seventy-one, but um, 
when overtime came, it was, I mean, they pretty much blew them out in, in OT. Um, but yeah, 60, 21, and 10. I think like two steals and a block. Mm-hmm. That's that, that Luka magic, man. <laughs> that Luka magic. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we got to vote for Luka. We all got uh, Coach Pace. I'm rolling with Luka. I ain't really got nothing much to add. You going with the 60, 21, and 10 game as well? Okay. That, that was a dope game. That was a dope game. I'm, I almost didn't watch it, and I just caught it in, uh, in the fourth quarter. And, and uh, yeah, that was, that was a dope game. Coach K, who you got? Man, Luca. I mean, just the fact that – because he was – I think he was shooting, like, on 67%, like, um, accuracy, too, which phenomenal. Yeah, um, 21 for 31. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we haven't really seen any kind of performance like that. And – uh you know, I mean, he, and and it wasn't like it was a blowout win. Like they needed, they needed those points. Um, yeah, I got Luca. Uh, I feel like I need to shake this up a little bit. I didn't expect all three of y'all to go, <laughs> bro. It just is what it is. Don't fight the facts, man. Yeah, I'm a Bulls fan, so I definitely ain't gonna say Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was leaning towards Donovan, and not as prisoner of the moment, but because, I mean, he didn't get the triple-double, but he almost did. But the context of the game, that um, uh, Garland and Mobley weren't playing that game. So it was literally just him. So I I don't know. I don't know. But then Luca had the better all-around statistics, and the excitement of the game too. So, I, all right, that's fine. I'll go with Luca, but Donovan is a very close second for me. Yeah. Very I think close. if I had to pick a second, I'd probably say Clay Thompson. And uh, for that one, I'll probably just say just because like we saw what Clay was at the beginning of the season and like how he's progressed till now. So, I mean, just the fact that he can still go out there and just and give it to you like that, you know, at, at, at like a you know, key moments, like, I think there's something to say, that's something to be said about that as well. Yeah. What about, what about the Lori Markin in 49? Yeah. Lori Markin <laughs> came out. That, that, was, that was good. For, former Bull, shout out to him. <laughs> no, no, F him, bro. <laughs> what, what, how are y'all feeling about all these high scoring games? Like, honestly. No defense. Like, because at this, yeah, because like at this point, like um, I was watching a podcast. It's like, man, like get, getting fifty dang near feels like somebody getting like thirty back in the day. Right. Yeah. I mean, so. I mean, I feel like even LeBron's like he's had a couple, you know, even some back-to-back forty-point games that get that fly under the radar because of some of these other performances that are being put on display out here. You know, by like Giannis, Joel Embiid, um, some of the other. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. So, Brown got what 47, 10, and nine. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and just like how you mentioned for the the clay t- the clay thing, and, and how that happened on the same night as Donovan Mitchell seventy one. So it was just kind of yep. like, 
an afterthought. I mean, you know, right. Coach JP3 to, uh, mentioned that back when he was, you know, uh, while the, the Cavs game was happening. But, you know, who cares about Golden State, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I said it earlier this year. I feel like I'm watching some of the best and worst basketball I've ever seen in my entire life. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. And people are saying like, "Oh, I feel like it'll be different once you get to the playoffs." But I'm a small part of me. I'm like, uh, and uh, yeah. they they do too much. They, I mean, literally, basketball and football is within the same breath. They did way too much to make things easier on offense, and because I mean, they're of the belief that points sell tickets. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like at some point it's just going to be OD. Like I'm not trying to see a hundred and fifty three to hundred and thirty three game in the playoffs. Like I'm just going to see people walking down the court playing rec basketball, <laughs> just pulling up. Right. Yeah, it makes me think of some of the great scores that I've watched growing up. How they would be doing in today's NBA. They were already getting 40, 50 points back in the day. Like, yeah, yeah. They they probably go up for 70, 80. <laughs> Bro, yeah, you over here talking, man. You talk about uh, – why did I just draw a blank on his name? Mike, whatever. Oh, yeah, talk about, talk about like, Reggie Miller and his fake, his fake clap or, or, like, when he hit his hands together during his shot. Boy, it got mad foul shots from the three-point line. He easily averaged in like 43. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, Mike would have averaged about 40. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. So some great in like in, uh performances in the NBA. And depending on who you were rooting for for college football, maybe some not so great performances for the college football playoff. So next, we're going to talk about the playoff reflections, what's happened so far, and our predictions for Monday night's championship game. Coach Pace, what are your reflections on the two semifinal games? So I'm going to start with um, the game. I didn't have a dog in a fight, but, you know, we tr- semi kind of root for the Big Ten, kind of, even though I really don't like rooting for them ever in life. But, you know, it'll be it'll be nice to have a dog in the fight, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know what was going on in the water. Like, I don't – I can't explain it. But um, they made a valiant comeback. The game was amazing. I didn't think we were going to see a better game at all. Um, but just going off that, like – Two pick sixes, that seals your fate. I ain't going to lie to you. Two pick sixes seals your fate. And then you fumble the ball on the half-yard line because you can't get a handoff. You could have just did a QB sneak. I mean, you did everything you didn't want. Uh, you did everything to try and lose. Yeah. You give up a shallow cross for 75. I mean, a shallow cross is a three-yard route. And he <laughs> takes it. And he's 6'4", like 220. And he runs like a gazelle up the sideline for 75 yards. Like, you did everything you could to blow the game, and that's what happened. 
So, and then the last play of the game sums it up in itself when they did all the laterals and it was technically a targeting call, but they didn't call it, which I thought was some BS, mm. even though I wanted them to lose at that point. But, I mean, fair is fair. Should have been targeting, and they should have at least got the Hail Mary. Yeah. Even though they probably would have blew that too. <laughs> <laughs> so they did everything. Like, Michigan literally did everything to lose. TCU played a good game offensively or whatever, and defense showed up and got some points for them. But, like, Michigan definitely didn't show up ready to play. Now, the more important game, <laughs> I'm going to let y'all know this now. Everybody knows I hated Coldridge, CJ, whatever you want to call him, Stroud. He wiped his slate clean, clean for me after his game on uh, Saturday night. He bought out. Because I can't ask my man. To, and I think this comes back to coaching. We need to start looking at the coaches because ain't no way you about to tell me CJ Stroud all of a sudden looking like Justin Fields on the field, okay, with his legs, and all of a sudden he couldn't do that before. Now, I'm not liking what I'm seeing from coaching because that lets me know they, they was like, oh, let it all hang out tonight. Yeah. Hmm? What was this not when we needed it? Ooh, what is going on? So I look, I'm looking at coaching. All right, CJ, you wiped your slate clean. I seen great game, kicker. Hmm. The sad, <laughs> you know what the sad part is with the kicker? I looked at the I, listen. I watched the game film. I was here with it. Hmm. He hit the same field goal two yards in front of him. No change. Hit the same field goal. Kid you not. Hmm. Earlier, uh, earlier in the fourth quarter, hit the same field goal. Wow. So when, when they talk about pressure and bust pipes or make diamonds, busted the pipes, man. Because that one wasn't even close. <laughs> oh. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it, he, I looked at, listen, I watched it twice. Mm. I was like, wait a minute, dude, you just hit a 48 yard and that was 50? Same spot? Mm. Yeah, bro. No, we, listen, no, nope. I don't like it. Also, it was a bad play call to run a pass play and get sacked and send him back 10 yards, too. Like I said, it goes back to coaching. We could have just ran the football for all I care. Yes. But the main factor and culprit of us losing mm. is that damn defense. <laughs> Yet again, I'm sick of it. Dude, we don't have the athletes to ever run man coverage. I don't care if they was dotting us up in zone. At least you make them travel down the field. Mm-hmm. He tried to throw in a little man. And guess what? We get toasted for 75. We get toasted for another 70. We get toasted for 55. Like, dude, <laughs> make them drive down. Bend, but don't break. Make them kick field goals. Like, do something. You got your backup safety. I mean, no, he's the – your nickel safety getting toasted for 75 in 11 seconds because you got him on an island out there with the fastest person on the field. Dude, like, make it make sense. Somebody help me. <laughs> we pay all this money to give up a 1,000 yards in the last two games and 100 points? I do it I do it for a million. I bet you we don't give up 100 points in two games. That's right. I, I bet you I bet you $100 we don't give up a two points, uh, 100 points in two games and 1,000 yards. I, I put my life on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't even know defense like that, but I know that with the athletes we have, we're not in the coverage I've been seeing. We never, ever, 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 ever 
We're going to be in anything outside of zone or maybe man too high because then I got two people over the top. Right. Outside of that, never, never. But I'm I'm sick of it, bro. This defense, we paying all this money to Jim Knowles, all this money for what, dude? We don't even get sacks no more. No. We used to get strip sack fumbles and all that stuff. We don't even get sacks no more. Benson was comfortable for a Man, lot. He was sitting back there making dinner. I think he called his girlfriend a couple times. He hit a brew. I think he hit the pen. Okay. Yep. I'm not going to lie to you. And then ate his meal. Because this, this was ridiculous. Like, it wasn't no pressure, no nothing. They stopped the run pretty good. Yep. But it don't matter because guess what? They threw for 400. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just sick of like I'm oh my god we just wasted we just wasted CJ's last game and we probably could have won the natty because that low key was the natty if I'm being one thousand percent transparent that probably was the natty yes yes so we just wasted CJ and a chance to win another national championship because we can't play defense and it and I just I'm I'm over it bro I'm over it like we can't do. We can't do nothing. <laughs> we can't do nothing. Couldn't st- ooh, we do. I ooh, I'm getting PTSD just thinking about it. I literally, I was watching a game, and when he missed the kick, I went home and went to sleep. Not even, <laughs> I went home and went to sleep. I ain't even watched the ball drop. <laughs> I was so mad, man. Y'all take it over because I'm getting PTSD from this, bro. Oh, that was great. That was great, Coach Baby. Anybody want to add anything to that? Man, nah. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, Coach Jay. Man, I just want to add uh, Michigan. I feel like it should have been a touchdown. Uh, where they got stopped short, like at the half yard line, I think that should have been mm-hmm. a touchdown. Because if, if it would have been ruled a touchdown, we're looking at Michigan and the Michigan instead of TCU. I agree. And you know what they could have ran right after that? A QB sneak. <laughs> Why you don't run a QB sneak? That is, what's the rate, DeMars? 92%. Come on now, man. Come on, 90, 92% of the time. You're going to run a fullback dive and, and look what happened. Oh, and you got a 92% just fall in the end. Like, bro. Man, I, if you ain't got that in your playbook, fire your coach. It was. I mean, it was interesting watching the the, the trick plays come out in the, in the beginning because like that didn't work out. <laughs> so that was uh, like Louisiana special to me. Golly. <laughs> yeah. Um. That's all I gotta say about the Michigan game. I mean, they definitely should have won that, but stupid play calling. Uh, Ohio State. Lost for words. <laughs> I mean, you pay all that. You pay five mil a year to a D coordinator that can't stop me. His hands was glued to my ass. Like what? <laughs> Dude, I could get out there right now and probably get a buck thirty on Ohio State DBs. Dude, I ain't played in six years, seven years. <laughs> Man, dude, I ain't played in 10 years. I could probably get a buck 30 on Ohio State right now, the way they play coverage. Yeah. Uh, our, 
I've never seen our secondary this bad. It's it was terrible watching that game, but <sighs> ain't nothing I could really say about it other than hopefully we can we can get a, a as good of it at least as good of an offense as we had last year. I mean this past year, and then. Fire, fire the D coordinator. That's all I got to say. Coach Murray? Uh, well, I'll go ahead and just piggyback on the Ohio State game first. Um, I, I was definitely one of those people that was highly critical on CJ. And I, and as I said in, in our last episode, that he, he'll win that game because he owes us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like he did everything in his power. Uh, one of the things about his running ability that he displayed in this game versus, you know, his past two years uh, in college football is that uh, the first thing that came to my mind seeing him play like that, I was like, I've never seen him play like this. And a small part of me feels as though that they were trying to push an agenda. Because one of the things when it comes to Ohio State quarterbacks is that they don't go through their progression. Um, they'll probably have like one or two, and then if it falls apart, just you know, go or you know, they'll you know improvise the play. Um, and I think they were trying to like show like, hey, we do develop pocket passers, um, like strictly pocket passers. But my thing is this: you can you can be a pocket passer and still have that ability to run. Aaron Rodgers is a pocket passer. But he showed that if I need to break the pocket, I will go. Um, and to a way lesser extent, you know, and years ago, Russell Wilson is a pocket passer, but he can run. Um, so I feel like that played more into his downfall throughout the years. That's probably why we took those L's against. Uh, Michigan in the past, but um, the way the game ended, I mean, I was, it literally sucked all the energy out of me as soon as he whiffed that, that field goal. And a small part of me felt like he was going to miss it because it always happens that way when commentators are just like, oh, this is well within his range and he's only missed two field goals all season and this and that. And I was just like, he's definitely about to miss this. And I think what made it more gut-wrenching is how he missed it. It was literally no anticipation. Like, as soon as that left his foot, the game was over. And I was like, wow. Like, you couldn't even, like, get it close to the <laughs> – close and it just missed the upright. You just hooked it off rip. But I don't – I mean, you're basically – I mean, you're in a way – you're p- playing the home team. It happened in Georgia – um, so I know the you know the anticipation probably got to him, um, and you know he started to feel that pressure, and it happens. Um, I don't put too much trust into college kickers like that, anyways. So I was like, you know, it is what it is. I mean, the defense played played the way they played these past few games, but. I didn't feel any type of way after that. I was just kind of like, hey, 
they played a they played a good game despite you know a lot of mistakes by coaching. I I, I legit can't blame any of the players for the loss. Uh, me personally, um, as for the the TCU Michigan game, definitely wasn't expecting that, and I think TCU felt that because everybody pretty much was like, okay, it's going to be Michigan versus whoever comes out of the Georgia Ohio State game. Um, and as, as a word of Michael Jordan, they took that personal <laughs> and they came in and punched them right in the mouth. And, you know, we make fun of, uh, of them of, you know, not being the most physical team. And then they legit came in and bullied a big 10 team and that, and Michigan being known as a physical team. And, you know, I, I do think that one play was a touchdown, but I mean, you're on that half yard line, like get it in the end. <laughs> get 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 it in, like get it in. And I didn't know that the back that they put in that fumble. I think that was like I think they said that that was like his fourth his fourth snap all season. <laughs> so I was just like, what? <laughs> so I was like, what? What made y'all put helmet out of everybody? Yeah, that's the so. Difference. That's the difference. Like, yeah, like. His fourth snap all season. If I remember correctly, I believe that's the thing. You tell me this man got four more snaps than us. Damn. Hey, that's the, like I said, that's the difference between winners and losers coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, kudos to that. Uh, I just I just want to say uh it was impressive though watching McCarthy like play though like cuz just when I thought like well Michigan Michigan's like this is about to be a blowout somehow McCarthy's getting them back in the game considering I feel like they lost a lot of offensive players that game too cuz their tight end went out and their I mean their running back was gone and then like some of the I think at least one of their main wide receivers went out too so I just got to count for something. What was funny about that statement, though, is like ours on offense, like our first, our tight end went out, our first, our top mm. two receivers out, both our top two running backs were out, mm-hmm. and all the starters on defense was in, and somehow the backups on offense play better than the starters on defense. <laughs> it, it's it's an offensive game, man. But, like, I know, that, but that's, like that's. That's the reason why I get I give CJ so much credit. I was like to go in on that last dri- that last drive, all the pressure with literally a bunch of backups. I was like that that says a lot. That yeah. says a lot because that's the first thing. Because like as soon as that drive started, I just told myself I was like okay. I was like CJ just what well, I think it was about what like fifty eight seconds something around there. It was under a minute left. I was like don't be don't be scared to run the ball. That's all I said. Like, don't be scared to run the ball. You have more than enough time to break the pocket. Don't feel the need that you need to throw every single play. Um, and he he broke the pocket about two, three times for some big chunks. And then I made the passes, made the smart plays when he needed to outside of the, the sack. But, um, you know. Yeah, that 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 was kind of crazy though. Like Michigan really doesn't have any excuse. They they blew that game. I I think they just they just didn't take TCU seriously. Um, 
what do y'all think this national championship is is going to be like? Because mm-hmm. I don't see the Georgia defense playing this bad again. And also our offense is just that I mean we're the second highest scoring offense in the in the nation here. So I mean and TCU, I don't think they're anything close to that. No. I don't I don't I don't put a lot of stock in uh with Duggan, the quarterback <laughs> of TCU. <laughs> um and I don't know, like I think I think it's gonna be and, and I wonder what kind of pressure the um, they're going to be able to get, like, <clears throat> on Georgia's quarterback, too. But, um, I, I mean, I, I it's really the first time I watched TCU play, you know, all season. I mean, all year. And, uh, I mean, I guess I was a little impressed, but, like, not, like, nothing crazy. I don't think there's, like, any really – any real standout – uh, nothing really stands out to, about TCO, if if you're asking me. And I, I don't think I don't think their quarterback's gonna be. Um, I, I think I think the score is gonna be like, I'm gonna say like, thirty-five, seventeen, something like that. I think I I think they're gonna be. It's gonna be a little closer. I, I think they'll lose by like ten. Only because they're like winners, so like they they, it might be ugly, it might not be what we used to, but they gonna they gonna find figure a way to get the keep it close, get the job done. I mean, you, they can play physical, um, which we saw, and I feel like Georgia is very similar to Michigan, so they are gonna have to go in there with that same mentality. It's just Georgia's athletes are probably just a little bit better. Um, and they're a lot better coached, clearly. <laughs> yeah. And that's what makes the difference is the coaching. Like Michigan, Harbaugh, he not it, man. Mm-hmm. He can beat Ohio State, Ryan Day. But every time oh. he gets the bowl game or the playoffs, he fold every trip. Not not to switch the subject, but how, how is Harbaugh being considered for an NFL coaching position again? And he's done nothing in Michigan. I'm, I'm he beat Ohio State twice. That's what they going that's, off. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. What like a, a big what two Big Ten titles and and, <laughs> and no yeah. bowl games. He has one bowl game victory. He won his first bowl game and he's lost all the other. Oh, okay. Yeah, really. which is a really bad record. Really bad record. I mean, and yeah, one and six, one and five. Yeah, something like that. Um. Yeah, I got Georgia winning this one. And I know, like, I agree with y'all. TCU did take that personally. They did bully Michigan. They they did to Michigan what Michigan did to Ohio State. Um, and But the thing that concerns me is that if you're getting pick sixes like that on, on defense throughout the game, why is the game that close then? That means you didn't play a full four quarters of defense. Um. And so when you have an explosive offense like Georgia, I, that bodes trouble. Now, I think TCU's offense could do pretty well during the game, uh, but I would trust Georgia's defense to get the stop more so than TCU's defense to get a stop when need be. I will give TCU credit. That is probably 
one of the more impressive games that they've played this season. I have had an opportunity to watch several of their games this year. Um, and that was one of the better games that they played, considering the talent that they played against. You know, they'll they'll blow other, you know, the lesser teams out. But um, yeah, so I got Georgia winning this one. Uh, I think they're gonna go back to back. Uh, man, okay, one quick story here. Like you talking about taking things personally. So I don't want to belabor the points that y'all already made, but because I'm frustrated, I'm gonna repeat a few things. Yeah, I think so. For uh, a work event, I got a chance to go to Ohio State and hear Ryan Day and Jim Knowles speak. Right. <laughs> this was before the season started. And so Jim Knowles gets up there. And I'm not playing. I'm not playing. This is exactly what he said. He said, I'm here to change the culture of defense at The Ohio State University. Right. And then we get stomped by Michigan and then the defense gets stomped by Georgia. You didn't change anything. Like, <laughs> like you, didn't change anything. you lied to me. Like, I'm, I'm literally sitting there listening to you. You lied to me. You lied to everybody in there. Because it's like, well, what's the difference between last year when he wasn't there and we got bullied by Oregon and then got bullied by Michigan to this year when we get bullied by Michigan and then we get bullied uh, by Georgia on defense? Like, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. So, yeah, yeah. That, I took that personally. Because I don't like people lying in my face like that. So he got to go. He got to go. He's not the answer, obviously. I mean, they got him from the Big 12, right? Do they even play defense in the Big 12? Like, so I don't even know why he was considered to be an answer in the first place. But anyway, I digress. I'm with you on CJ Stroud. I think he bought out. He did a really good job. Uh, sad he couldn't end his, his college career with a championship, though, because that – he really put his team in the position to win. Yeah. Uh, he struggled a little bit when Marvin Harrison Jr. wasn't in there. Um, but he eventually got it together, decided to use, use his legs a little bit more. But I think that's how that shows how legit Marvin Harrison Jr. is. And I was a big fan of his father growing up watching him play. And I, I mean, he definitely has the potential to be better than his father. And his father is one of the all time, you know, a really high ranked receiver. So, okay. Moving on. Moving on. And another thing. So while everybody was watching the ball drop on Dick's Clark, Dick Clark's New Year's Eve, right? I had to watch the ball drop on the field after the kicker kicked it to the concession stands instead of toward the goalposts. Like, that's the ball drop that I had to look at to break in the new year, right? You know what I'm saying? I was like, this is, this is really what 2023 about to be like, for real? Like, this is it? Yeah. All right, man. Anyways, okay. NFL playoffs. All right, so I'm going to outline. We're going to start with the NFC. Uh, and so some stuff has to happen. Uh, for the wild card clinching scenarios. So I'm going to just walk you through that real quick, and then we'll have the coaches chime in on what they think is actually going to happen. All right, so all the Packers need to do to get in is win. They need to beat the Lions. Okay, that's the only thing that needs to happen there. For the Lions to get in, they got to win, and Seattle has to lose earlier that day. What Seattle has to do is they have to win – and Green Bay has to lose. So that 
those are the those are the three scenarios that have to happen. Which one do you all see happen? Honestly, I feel like the I feel like the Packers is about to lose. Uh, I, I think so. the Packers is going to. I think I think the Lions is going to pull this one off. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers already went on his concession speech again. I was like, oh, I don't know if I'll be here next year, or like basically put in the seed of retirement in people's ear again, and. I'm just kind of like, you just got like this foot in, foot out mentality, which got, you know, Devontae Adams out the door. And I think that, I think it's just about time that the Lions kind of, you know, make their way into the playoffs and see what, uh, <laughs> see what, you know, Coach Pace's old boy, Jared Goff, got in his, his bag this time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Others, who's getting in? Packers, Lions, Seahawks. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Packers. I still don't. I still don't trust Detroit. At least not their defense. Um. So, and then behind that, probably put the Seahawks in there. Okay. All right, Coach Pace. So. Oh, I bet. Um, I think the Lions gonna get in. Um, I think they go somehow beat the Packers. And yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be real nice. I don't I don't know how they're gonna do it, but I really think they're gonna beat the Packers. Nice. I. I would love to see the Lions get in. And my second that I would like to see it again would be the Seahawks. I, I think that would help kind of complete the genome, you know, narrative for the season, re, you know, re revitalizing his career and, um, you know, stepping up, getting the team to the playoffs while Russell Wilson's going to be at home watching everybody. So <laughs> I think that would be fun. Uh, but if I had to go with one, I'm going to go with the Seahawks because I think they're going to beat the Rams earlier than they. And that automatically is going to take the Lions out. You don't believe in shake and bake? <laughs> hey, now Coach Pace, you've been saying for the, the last few weeks that y'all here to ruin people's uh, playoff appearances. Let's make it happen. I'm here for it. You're here for it. All right. it, it. It would be nice to play spoiler, uh, but yeah, I, I think the I think the Seahawks will get it. Uh, and it's not just the level of play for the Rams this season. It's all the injuries that are going on. You know, their defense isn't what it could be. So if it was just Matthew Stafford that was out then I'll be like, you know, the Rams have a really good shot at this. But when your offense is depleted and your defense is depleted, I I give the edge to the Seahawks. So I think not, they got Baker Mayfield. They don't need it's not like it's not like Stafford was on stuff this year. But 
Yeah. He was trash when he was healthy. See, but Seattle, but Seattle has a a solid young defense, and I try kind of like the national championship game. What I was saying, I, I trust Seattle's defense to get more stops than the Rams' defense, considering that the Rams' defense is not at uh, full strength. Is Aaron Donald going to retire? I know he did like a two year contract, but like after this, I don't even think I want to come back for that second year. Um, him and Matt Ryan need to go, but for completely different reasons. (laughs) (laughs) And Carson Wentz, too. He should just go ahead and hang it up. That boy, I don't know. He stayed with a check, and I don't understand it. His agent, one of them ones, man. Boy. Tricking folks. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the I think the Lions would be playing for pride, uh, no pun intended. Um on Sunday night. So, but I think they have a good chance of beating the Packers. I think they'll take it out on the Packers because that's the way that they are coached. So uh all right. AFC is a little bit more dicey here. All right, now stay with me, people. For the Patriots to get in, they have to beat the Bills <laughs> in Buffalo. <laughs> or losses by the Dolphins and Steelers plus a Jacksonville win. So if Jacksonville beats Tennessee on Saturday night and the Dolphins beat the Jets, or I mean the Dolphins lose to the Jets and the Steelers lose to the Browns, the Patriots will still get in even if they don't beat Buffalo, okay? That's scenario one. Scenario two for, for the Dolphins, they get in with a win versus the Jets and a Patriots loss to the Bills, okay? So a little simpler there. The Steelers get in by win versus the Browns plus losses by the Patriots to the Bills and Dolphins to the Jets. And finally, Jacksonville would get in with a win if they beat Tennessee. But if they do lose to Tennessee, they could still get in if the Patriots, Dolphins, and Steelers all lose. Okay? So I know that was a lot. So, again, Jacksonville would get in with a win. But even if they lose, if all these other teams lose, Jacksonville still gets in. Okay? Now – what in the world do we see happening for that seventh seed in the AFC? I want to say Jacksonville. Okay. I feel like after everything they've been through, I feel like this is kind of like this would be a nice way to end the season for them just getting a playoff berth. So I think, and I think they're going to, the Titans is not the same Titans team that we're used to seeing. And is Tannehill even going to be playing or is he still hurt? No. I think him and Henry might be out. Oh, well, then, yeah, definitely Jacksonville's winning that. Now, if Jacksonville wins, I believe these three other teams will still have a chance because Jacksonville – Yeah, because they'll take the the division. Right, and I'll knock Tennessee out of contention. So, Coach K, if Jacksonville wins Saturday night between the Patriots, Dolphins, and Steelers, who do you see going? Dolphins. Dolphins. Gotcha. There's if they lose to the Jets, well, I mean, granted, 
And the, uh, Dolphins, the Dolphins are starting Skylar Thompson. Mm. Back, I guess. Mm. And Joe Ooh. Flacco is starting for the Jets. Getting spiked. What does what what the Steelers got to do to get in? Like, outside of win? Uh, the Patriots and Dolphins have to lose. So the Bills would have to beat the Patriots and the Jets would have to let, let's give it go. to the Steelers. Let's not the Patriots out right now. Like the Patriots, like I don't even want to hear another word about them. Listen, <laughs> bro. Yeah. The Jaggers is going to win because Dougie P and the Titans are undermanned. Shout out to my boy Dougie P in the playoffs, man. First year back in the league. Um, and then also I the Steelers, the Steelers got to. I, I've said it all season. I've had faith in them before when everybody wrote them off and said, Oh, they'll be this will be Tomlin's first losing season. And I'm like, no. That's not going to happen. Even when they have five games left and they had to win four of the five, I was like, they're still, they can still do this. They got to face the Browns. I don't know if y'all heard about, <laughs> about what Clowney did. Um, disrupting, which I don't truly understand why he would do that. Like he had some type of value to the team, but that's another story. Um, but I mean, they they look good offensively last week. They they're kind of like Deshaun Watson, kind of like hit or miss, still trying to find his rhythm. But I just believe in TJY and Mike Tomlin, man. And and seeing what Kenny Pickett did last game to get the dub, uh, I can <laughs> I'm seeing the growth in him week by week. So nothing would be better to cap this often for me to rub in people's faces, including fan coach JP3, who also wrote them off, and be like, hey, they didn't just finish above 500, but they also made the playoffs. Uh, but I, but also, I just, I think the Jags are just going to win. They're just a, the better team at the moment because of the injuries. Even fully healthy, um, I would like their chances. Because I just don't trust Ryan Tannehill, and I'm kind of sick of seeing him in the playoffs. So, um, Jags and Steelers. Jags and Miami. All right, Coach Pace. Um, Jags and Steelers. Yeah, I'm going with the Steelers just because they didn't came a long way. So I'm going with the Jags and the Steelers. Okay. And still, curtain country. Let's ride. <laughs> Let's ride. Oh, God. Let me get this straight, though. If Miami and the Steelers both win, Miami gets in, right? Over the Steelers. If the Patriots. Man, why are we even – the Patriots is going to lose. Ain't no way they – ain't no way they beat the Bills. Yeah, they about to do it. Yeah, they about to come in with their their hearts on their sleeves, doing it for a handling, man. They about to go put up 40 – 53 on their head. Oh. I don't after after Sunday, I don't want to hear another word about Mac Jones. I don't want to hear another word about Bill Belichick or or any team that's in the boss from the Boston area that's in football. <laughs> uh okay. Yeah, 
I'm I'm going to go with Jags beating the Titans uh, Saturday night. And I come with hat in hand. Oh! I, um, what? you know, for those that have been following along with us, I grew up a Cowboys fan. And I still have a soft spot for the Cowboys because they're part of my childhood. But... I considered an abusive relationship after 25 years with like really no playoff success. And I always respected the Steelers organization. And so I said, you know what? At least I know these guys are going to play hard, even with less talent. And I love the, the history of the organization, all that kind of stuff. So I renounced my fandom of Dallas and I'm a Steelers fan. Okay. I've always supported them, but now I'm like a true fan. And my, my fandom was tested. And I failed. I failed as a fan because I said, we ain't even made it to the playoffs. We don't even know who our quarterback is. We held on to Ben Roethlisberger too long. And I have just been amazed at the progress since TJ Watt's return. I mean, it's crazy how one person could just like have infectious energy on both sides of the ball. Like he only plays defense, but the offense plays better because he's, he's there. Uh, Kenny Pickett is learning, but he is progressing. And I think he has the confidence of the locker room, which is really all you can ask as a rookie quarterback is that your boy's going to ride with you. They believe that you can do it. And I'm watching the Vegas game and I'm like, oh, okay. It was pretty ugly, but they got it down there. Crutch time. Now I'm watching the Ravens game. It was ugly, but crunch time, he makes the throw. Like, he's making the plays at the end of the game. So that, that shows good, like, uh, resiliency and the moment not being too big for him, which is very encouraging. So with all that being said, I got Jags and Steelers. I apologize to the entire city of Pittsburgh and the Steelers franchise for being a bad fan. I oh, man. Pennsylvania on one. Pennsylvania on one this year. Uh, I don't know if they'll get any further than the first round. Probably not. But it, the fact that they would get into the playoffs, I think, is a testament to the culture. And yeah, yeah. Like honestly, I feel as though that like they they had to overcome a lot to get here. So I mean, like what? Because first round they will have to play either the Bills or the Bengals or the Chiefs, depending on how. How if they win or not, but I believe they'll win. So the Bengals are the are the Chiefs. But now that things are starting to unwind, and we're starting to see what these matchups are going to be, what do y'all think? The uh, we'll just go to the conference um, championship game would would will look like. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the teams you selected? So, for, you know, us three uh, with the Jags and and Steelers, and then for, for Coach K, you said the uh, Jags and Dolphins? Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm going to go ahead and start with the NFC. <laughs> you feel me? I got Philly. Uh the but the the contender that's kind of tough because for some reason I feel it in my gut 
that the Cowboys want to find a way to blow the game against the Bucks. No, don't because that because that will be their oh, matchup, okay. and I I feel as though that they're going to find a way to blow the game. Um, and it's not even like how the Bucks played last week because I mean that was just kind of like it was just pitch and catch <laughs> out there, and I don't see them, uh, you know, putting up numbers like that. If they do, that will be sad. But their their running game, um, the Bucks running game has been bad pretty much all season. But with now they're doing like a you know a, a two two running back set. They're like Fournette isn't taking like the bulk of the carries anymore. It's kind of split. And with the Cowboys, um, you know, run defense being, you know, trash as well, I wonder if that would be enough for them to have somewhat of a running game. And you give Brady a little bit of a running game. Um, and with the mistakes Dak has consistently, I see a, I see a nice window there for the Bucks to get that that dub. So. I kind of want to lean towards Philly. Probably Philly Niners. That's what I would go with. I mean, I think they're clearly the two best teams. They're the two teams that I trust the most. Yeah. When is is Hurts coming back? He's projected to come back this week. He they put him as questionable, but I think what they're going to do is wait <clears throat> to see if the Giants are going to play their starters or not. Because if they play their backups, I think they'll just go ahead and put Minshew in, um, believing that he can do well enough to, you know, beat the backups for the Giants, and then we'll have the first round by. So I, he's been throwing in practice, so he can play but they're just not trying to rush him back too soon but he'll be playing week one or he'll be playing in the playoffs like the in the divisional round because I believe they'll clinch it whether if Hurts plays this week or if Minshew. So we got two on the Phillies and Niners who y'all got coach Pace who you got So, like, you could do, like, the – do you believe that the Vikings would get it together? <laughs> Stop, <laughs> it. Stop it. Stop it. lose the Bears. All right. Let's – next. Uh, <laughs> let, let's just go with the seating right now. What's the seating right now? So, well, – so, right now, you got Philly 1, um, Niners 2 – no – is nine yeah Niners two, Vikings three, uh, Bucks four, Cowboys five, sixes Giants and then seventh would be who did you select that you said will come in seven? Lions did I say Lions? Oh yeah yeah I think yeah you said the Lions so then Lions would be seven yeah. for you 
It gotta be. It literally has to be Philly and the 49ers. There's no other combo that even remotely makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You agree with that, Coach K? <sighs> Don't let the Cowboys sucker you in, Kenny. Don't let it happen. You think Doc gonna, uh, Dad going to play good for three straight games to get <laughs> game? You have I, I, I expect him to throw an interception in all three games. It's, I expect him to throw two. I about to say, I expect him to throw two, even if or they maybe like personally. He gonna maybe, we'll say two turnovers, maybe like a pick and a fumble, if not two picks. But that boy be gambling for no reason. Mm-hmm. I do have San Francisco because they've been playing the most consistent of all the teams in the NFC. What? Nah, man. They've been playing consistent with their starters. Everything went downhill once Minshew started. And Minshew played well in that Cowboys game. I don't know what happened with the Saints, though. That was crazy. He's trash. Listen, we got five five D linemen that got at least 10 10 sacks this year. That's insane. That's insane. So, So who's your second team, Coach K? Silly. Stop messing around. Stop being a hater. You don't want to say it, no. but it's all good. Okay. I'm going I'm to I'm just go with Dallas. Oh. He sprung. This is, how, this is how they get you. This is how they get you, Kenny. You can't. You, got, you can't get lost in the sauce. You can't. Nice two, seven, five. Uh... Actually, it, would they play? Yeah. I'm trying to do the, the math on it. Yeah, so they will have to play Philly. Yeah, they'll have to I mix, be Philly. I mix, yeah, they'll have to be Philly um, and Philly, which I don't see happening. But, yeah. Now, on the AFC, and we'll quickly – Go through this one. It, it, some of this depends on the seating because all the seating hasn't been determined yet. But, yeah. Um, the only three teams I trust are the Bills, Chiefs, and Bengals. So, um, it's gonna be two out of those three. I would go. I. I would go with. Uh, I want to see a Chiefs Bills AFC Championship. That's what I like. To I'm see. not. But I'm seeing the. I'm seeing the Bengals, Chiefs. If I'm looking at it right, if that's possible, depending on like how the seating is, but I feel I feel like it'll be Bengals Chiefs again. Gotcha, gotcha. Coast pace. Um, I think. Oh, man, I'm gonna go. So you said, hold up, Bills and Bills and Bengals will meet before that. Uh, it it, it depends on uh, on the seating. So the way it's looking now, it will be what seventh? You pick? Did you pick Dolphins for your seventh? Or you did? I don't know. Yeah, Dolphins for your seventh. So that means first round. If things say it will be Bills versus Dolphins, Bengals versus who would be sick? 
Baltimore. Baltimore. Okay, yeah. Bengals versus Baltimore. Yeah, so then – and then it'll be Jags versus – Patriots. No, because the Patriots wouldn't make it if the Dolphins – because they are playing for the seventh spot. Man, I could have Patriots, Yeah, Patriots are in it now. I'm going to just go Dolphins. Okay, so Dolphins instead of Patriots. All right, so it'll be mm, – I'm going to just go – jeez, because um, they got the first round by. And then – so would two, three play in a divisional, or would they play – Um, I, I think so. If two, three play in a divisional, then it would be Bills and Chiefs. Bill, no, Bills and Bengals in a divisional, which is a huge. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they would play on a neutral field. I think correct. Yeah. Yep. That's tough. Um. That, that's probably the toughest matchup. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Bills just because they're gonna let it ride. They're gonna they're gonna have to for Hamlin. So that's the only like. I'm gonna just say Bills because of Hamlin, and then after that is basically gonna be championship weekend. No, it will be one more game, and then championship weekend. Um, I'm gonna just say Bills and Chiefs at this point. That's all I got for right now. Bills and Chiefs. Coach K, you got Bills and Chiefs too? Or you think the Bengals are good? Yeah, that's tough. Because uh, I really think I want to go Bengals and the Chiefs. Um, yeah, I want to see that matchup. I want to see that matchup. We'll see what happens. We'll see how things unfold. And once the seating gets all ready to go, we'll be here to unpack it too. But those are our predictions. We're going to wrap up the episode with uh, bet with Coach Murph. So how are we spending our money this weekend, Coach Murph? Listen, Steelers, Jags, Philly, Bucket. With or without hurts. Signed, sealed, and delivered. You heard it here. You heard it here. Well, we appreciate y'all kicking it with us t- uh, today. Uh, already looking forward to next week. Hope y'all tune in next week as well. So on behalf of Coach Murph, Coach Pace, and Coach K, I'm Coach JP3. We'll holler at you. Stay blessed. Stay safe out there, y'all. Peace.